My name is Matteo Franceschetti. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Eat Sleep. And I'm panicked about the future of health. Hey, Howard. What's up? Not much. I got a new mic. It feels like you put a spit marker on the thing because you're worried all of a sudden. Yeah, you know, you spit a lot when you talk, so I just figured I'd protect the microphone. With this big round circle, I feel it covers up my nose, so I feel I'm less conscious of podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) This is the most handsome I've ever felt podcasting. You look good from here. Why didn't we have this before? I'm like a Shiite Muslim. Like a woman. <laughs> you don't know what you're getting? I don't, I don't even know what You never means. know what you're getting with do they, Howard. Do they wear the black stuff over their face? I, I, I can't remember uh, which I got all my religions mixed up. Yep. Speaking of religions, I have an Isra- my first Israeli on the podcast, Matteo Franceschetti. Try again. First Italian. He's, he's Italian. You said Israeli. I know. Okay. To see if you're listening. I'm you rest the joke. I'm so sorry. Israeli, Italian, doesn't Iranian, Armenian, doesn't matter. Finally, because you don't care about my health, finally, who has the biggest sleep problems in the world? I think you probably do. Yeah. Right now, I'm on 20 milligrams Ambien to offset the 40 milligrams Adderall I took for my last podcast, just as a downer. I'm so drugged. <laughs> you are so fucked. <laughs> and I got melatonin and I got gummies. I, I'm pretty much... I don't know if I'm going to fall asleep during this podcast or, or, or go off the rails. And that's every day in the life of Howie because I'm in a constant balance of being awake and being asleep, fully drugged. I can't sleep or be awake without being drugged. And I'm, as my blog says, I'm, I'm in constant search of the perfect sleep solution. So now I've been searching on the Internet, www, the global World Wide Web. And never has there been a solution. I I struggle with sleep. I'm skeptical. I think it's all in my head. No one wants to go there, including myself. So I take drugs. I take (laughs) And uh, it's a crutch. I'm not proud of it. I don't recommend it to other people. I won't share my drugs because I have to be very careful. You get one a day. It's like uh, one a day plus iron. And I can only take one a day. And then my military-like Safeway pharmacy will not allow me to do more than that. And so I'm like, uh, I'm like at the behest of the sleep industry. Have I bored you yet, Canute? Oh, I just sorry, I just woke <laughs> yeah. up again. Hang on, I'm getting to the point, I think, at some <laughs> point. <laughs> so here I am, 56-year-old man, perfect health, incredible body, incredible mind, uh, but sleep continues to savage me. And uh, like I said, I've tried it. I mean, sometimes I wake up, there's a towel in my mouth, and my wife, Ellen, says to me, no, 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 the doctor says sometimes that that works. <laughs> And, you know, I've tried everything. I've got a Tempur-Pedic mattress. I've got uh, eye shades. And, but now, you know, Patrick O'Shaughnessy and the O'Shaughnessy has, you know, chimed into my, one of my Twitter rants about sleep and, and, and sent me a link with no coupon, mind you, those O'Shaughnessys, with no coupon. <laughs> Maybe because he's Israeli. Oh, wait, he's not Israeli. He's Italian. Maybe no coupon from the O'Shaughnessy's to eight sleep. I was like, what? I'm Howard Lindsay. I need a coupon. 
Of course you do. And so I said, I'll do one better. I'm going to tweet at this guy, Matteo Franceschetti, my favorite Israeli. And uh, I'm going to figure out, I'm going to connive my way to some kind of coupon at least. Because Ellen won't pay full retail. So that's what this is all about? This is a complete, don't let the cat out of the bag. This is a complete. All right, I won't tell him. This is a complete ruse. My first podcast ruse. It's like a foist. It's like a foisting <laughs> podcast. We're foisting it on the O'Shaughnessy's. And uh, I'm going to get even with them. No, so, so, so my wife and I go to eat sleep. And it looks fantastic. So I tweet at the CEO because that's the power of Twitter. And you know how much Twitter made off this? Nothing. This is why Twitter continues to underperform because they should be getting some kind of juice on this potential discount that I'm going to get on this mattress <laughs> from, from unsuspecting Mateo. So anyways, he agreed. That's awesome. Yeah. So this will be our first, uh, it's like Tinder for podcasting. <laughs> Twitter is like Tinder for podcasting. So let's get, um, is this long distance? Do we have a budget for this? Because yeah, it well, sounds foreign. Don't worry, I put it on a debit card. Mateo sounds foreign. So we're going to call him. Let's uh, get Mateo on the phone. You got it. Please, I hope he accepts the charges. Mateo? Yeah. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Mateo Franceschetti. Is that pronounced? Am I, I just love Italian. Everything sounds like I'm singing and happy. Yeah, it's perfect. That, uh, that's the right uh, way to say my last name. So how come you left Italy? When did you leave Italy? How come? Uh, I have so many questions. Because I was just in the Dolomites. It's my new favorite. I thought Tuscany was my favorite, but the Dolomite blew me away. So how do you leave that great country? Yeah, I, I moved to the U.S. around 11, 12 years ago. Um, before, I was already doing some back and forth between um, Italy and U.K. But yeah, I definitely moved uh, around 11, 12 years ago, and I moved to New York. All for eight sleep, or was there a different reason? It was a different company. Um, so I started expanding my Italian company to the U.S. first. Then that company got acquired and I moved to the U.S. to start another one. Um, that was not 8Sleep. It was the one before 8Sleep. Where were you in Italy? Like what, what part of Italy were you? Yeah, so at the time before leaving, I was in Milan. Um, but uh, originally, I'm from Ferrara, which is the, you know, this, this city from the Middle Ages with a castle in the middle, uh, walls uh, uh, all around, uh, and is uh, close to Bologna and Venice, so in the northeastern part of Italy. A beautiful part of Italy. Well, congrats. You moved to the United States, and uh, why did you pick the Big Apple? Um, the partner of the company was starting was based there. And I always loved uh, New York, so it, it was just making sense. And it was also a company connected to finance, so New York was the perfect place to be. So tell me about Eat, Eat Sleep. Let's get right into it. Tell me about the company, how the idea came about, and what you guys are doing. Yeah, sure. I mean, everything started because at the time I was the, the typical entrepreneur working long hours, and I started wondering, why do I have to sleep eight hours? Can I sleep less and have more week time? So... Uh, I started looking into why we sleep eight hours and I didn't find any evidence that, you know, uh, from a medical standpoint, we have to sleep that number of hours. Um, and I started wondering why Elon Musk is taking me to Mars, but I still spend a third of my life on a piece of dumb foam and I just pretend to wait eight hours to wake up and feel refreshed. Why there is no technology in a third of my life. Um, I have also been an athlete when I was a teenager. So I have always been into recovery and performance. And so 
um, all these drove my thoughts about bringing technology into sleep to recover faster and enhance my sleep performance. Okay, I love you. This is genius. Uh, so you're the Elon Musk of sleep, which makes me... Who's the dumbest entrepreneur? <laughs> the opposite of the Elon not, Musk of sleep. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I am fascinated by this topic of sleep, and I've never made it about the bed, but I love the pitch. Uh, you do spend, well, I don't spend a third of my life on, the, on my bed. I'm at like five hours a night, so five hours, 20%. So I am, am I going to die, just quickly, just because this show's about me, am I going to die sooner because I, I sleep poorly five hours a night? Um, okay, I don't, I don't want to give you bad news, but yeah, there is plenty of medical evidence that longevity is correlated to um, the amount of hours you, you spend asleep. Um, so you should try to take care of that. That is why we call it sleep fitness, because the, the way I look at sleep, it's something like you need to commit and you really need to put the hours in the same way you do with your fitness. You know, when you go on the bike or when you go to the gym, whatever you do. You need to put the same effort and invest a certain amount of hours in your sleep so your body will have time to recover properly. And if anybody knows about sleep, it's the Italians. Like, it's siesta. Oh, that's the Spanish. But you know what I mean. Yeah, I've been to Italy twice a year forever, and they like sleep. So it's kind of like you're doing the opposite of the typical Italian. Like, you're trying to figure out how to sleep less, which is just like an incredible Italian entrepreneur, like the B&B people, a Ferrari Luxottica, like some of the best products and brands come out of Italy. So obviously, you know, it's in the culture, the design and entrepreneurship and style. So you you have this thesis. What kind of athlete were you? I was a tennis player. So you, you're thinking about less sleep and you're thinking about it from a, a training point of view. So where do you start next? So what, did you know anything about the industry? Um, I started studying and reading a lot of uh, white papers and uh, any sort of medical information about all that. And then I came up with the original vision. And so the original vision was about two things, um, compressing your sleep and saving your life. Compressing your sleep means what if you could sleep only six hours and get more rest than when you were sleeping eight hours? And then we can talk about how that could be potentially achieved. Saving your life means even if you sleep only six hours, but even if it was five, like in your case, is what else can technology do for you during that time? And my hypothesis that now, I mean, it's becoming something that we, are, we already realize is that we can look at your body, monitor your biometrics to detect potentially early signs of illnesses or just how you're aging. In the near future, like a couple of years from now, we will be able to scan your body every single night and going to bed will be more valuable than going to your doctor. Now, if I pay extra, can I get the eight sleep to lie to me and tell me that I'm going to live forever? Or is that a yeah, dumb but There will be an extra subscription. <laughs> <laughs> what if I'm scared to know the results? Like, I'm actually so excited to try the product, but I'm scared to know how fucked I am. Is there an easy way? Does Eight Sleep have like a very nice way to tell me that I'm in trouble? I mean, you, you, first of all, you will be able to turn off the notifications. So if you don't want any information, it's completely up to you. And then, I mean, for example, right now, the type of notification you would receive with the product is currently in the market is how much you recover every, every day. There is a metric that is called HRV, heart rate variability. That is a good proxy of how rested you are. 
And so in the morning, we would notify you if your HRV is above or below baseline. And usually we ask you for tags or we have other information about you. And the reason it could be that all the times that you eat carbs or all the times that you train in the late afternoon, um, you recover less during the night and maybe you get less deep sleep. So this is the type of information we share today. And again, you can just turn it off if you something that makes you stressed. Okay, so where are we today? Eight sleep. Let's talk about the prior. I'll go backwards again. I'm fascinated. So, so, uh, and I'm excited to learn more. So tell me where the company is today. Yeah, so as a company, we have two products, core products in the market. One is a mattress cover that can be used to retrofit any mattress to make it smart. The other one is the whole mattress, right? So you can buy one or the other. The technology is the same. Just depends if you want to change your mattress or not. Um, what we do is we already improve your sleep performance and we do that through temperature. So temperature, the temperature of the bed changes during the night based on your biometrics or your preferences to maximize your sleep. At the same time, we track your heart rate, your sleep and your respiration. Heart rate is really important because heart rate at rest and HRV are indicative of how well you rested and how well you slept. As a company, we have raised over $150 million to date from very good investors. The last round was led by Valor Equity Partners, which was the first investor in Tesla and SpaceX, and also SoftBank, Cosla Ventures, Founders Fund, General Catalyst, um, and many others. So there, I knew it, but I was really teasing it out. That's a fantastic, I mean, obviously you're an incredible entrepreneur and pitch man. So you've got the right investors. Um, when did you start the company? Uh, we started in 2015. So, and so you had to go to the drawing board and obviously the first idea was the cover or the full mattress. What was the, what was the first idea? Yeah, it's a great question. We started with the cover, then we switched to the mattress and then we brought the cover back again. And now we have both. Yeah, because I've got to decide. And where is it manufactured? So the technology is made in China. We have a team um, in China as well. But the technology is obviously developed here in the U.S. It's just manufactured in China. And who was the first type of customers? When you came up with the name, who were you targeting? Because it's not inexpensive. So how were you marketing it originally? Yeah, so our audience, we call them um, health-conscious people or everyday athletes. 80% of our users, they have a wearable. Uh, a large portion of them, they also have a connected fitness device like uh, a Peloton, a Tonal, or a Tempo. So these people are already into health and wellness. They're already taking care of their fitness and their nutrition, and they're just looking for the perfect partner for their sleep, and that is eight sleep. If you have a Peloton, you should have an eight sleep. Well, there we go. So I have a Peloton. I'm very a non-data guy, so I need to be sold here. I mean, no, I don't need to be sold. I'm getting eight sleep, okay? So you got a customer. Uh, so I appreciate you taking time for this customer support podcast call. But, uh, you know, if your significant other doesn't have problems sleeping, or if you don't like your sleep and you want to play a practical joke, can you turn the switches on one half of them to mess with? <laughs> can you make it work for one side of the bed and not the other side of the bed? It's, I'm sure this happens and no one's, no one's really asked you this question, but I think it's important to know. How do you do it for two people? Yeah, it's a great question. Yeah, everything is split. So each side has a different temperature regulation and has different metrics and a different vibration alarm to wake up. So everything is personalized. 
your partner can have a different temperature setting, uh, will have different metrics, and will have a different alarm. And is there any deals that you can cut with the healthcare companies, or is this just pure luxury fit people that want to take care of themselves and don't care about the costs? Or can this be run through any kind of healthcare reimbursement? Not yet. Um, we are going to get there. Um, so you can, yeah, we, we see that happening in a year or so. Um, for now, it's really, again, an audience that is health conscious. They, they have a meaningful household income, like they had not already the money to buy a Peloton or a Tonal or a Tempo, and now they want to invest in their sleep. And so I, I get the product at home. How do I know that it's working? Obviously, you're going to feel better, but like, how do you really know? As someone who's struggled with sleep for so long, and I take full responsibility, I think a lot of it is mental and a lot of it is, like you said, a lot of it could be just body and cooling and, you know, obviously my lunatic change of schedule and travel schedule. But as an athlete and someone who travels yourself, how do you know if it's working? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. Um, so first of all, the, the key factor to enhance your sleep is, again, is temperature. And so each side of the bed can range between 55 and 110 degrees, right? Okay. Then if you use our, what we call temperature autopilot, we will regulate the temperature for you during the night. Um, a lot of our customers are using other devices to measure the impact of their sleep improvement. What we have seen is uh, uh, they fall asleep up to 20% faster. They can get up to 40% more deep sleep. And this is reported by using an Aura or a Whoop. Um, they get up to 40% less wake-ups and up to 40% less toss and turns. And this is both measured with our own data or with data of other wearable devices. Just it's freaking fascinating. I think the simplicity of how you've thought about this is like eight hours. How do we cram more sleep into eight hours? And so what claims are you allowed to make? So I don't know. It's not governed by like FDA or FTC or, or I don't know all the rules. So what are you allowed to say about the product? Like I'm, I'm trying to understand the marketing. Like what kind of stuff can you claim? Yeah. So what we can do is just to report data. Right? Okay. We cannot diagnose anything. So it's not that we can diagnose sleep apnea or arrhythmia. But what we could do or, and we will be able to do is to show you data that then you could show to your doctor um, and they would immediately understand that you might have one of potentially these diseases. Then over time, as a company, obviously, we will explore FDA approval. So you can really think of us outside, I mean, on, on the data side, like an Apple Watch. Right, mm -hmm. Apple Watch is reporting you data. They got an FDA approval uh, connected to, to heart rate, but they are really building a device that to a certain degree will save your life or at least will make you aware of everything that is, is happening with certain biometrics. The key difference between us and a wearable are a couple. The first one is you don't have to wear and charge anything, right? So our retention is incredible because you use our product every single day unless you're traveling. Second, um, we have way more space. And so over time, you will see us using technologies they cannot use because they don't have the space. Mm. And, and you can think of body scanning. So think of your bed becoming an MRI 3.0 within the next couple of years. The last thing we do is, based on the data, we take action for you, right? Today, we are changing temperature. Tomorrow, we will control other environmental factors. 
And so we want to do the job for you. Just go to bed. We will improve the sleep for you. You don't have to think about anything. It's on us. And we will deliver and you will be able to look at the data and see, you know, we will prove you that we can enhance your sleep performance. This is fascinating to me. So like in Italy, were you an entrepreneur right from, when do you remember that you had the bug to like solve problems? Like when did you know? It's an interesting question because I didn't know the word startup for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a, a company with my best friend when I was 20 years old. And um, we, we, we didn't even incorporate the company, but we found a business model. We made money. With that money, I was able to come to the U.S. and study English because at the time I was not even speaking English. Um, but I didn't know what a startup was, so I never thought of that as a startup. Then I became a lawyer. I worked for two of the largest European law firms. They are both British. And then I started my first company in Italy because it was probably the only bubble in Italy of the past 50, 60 years that was around renewable energy. So I was able to start a company, grow the company without raising money, and then sell it. And then with that money, I came to the US. I started another company that was acquired. Then I started Eight Sleep. Fascinating, because I go to Italy twice a year, and I have this joke that the VIX, you know, the market is always four in Italy, because like you said, I didn't know that, but it's like, that's funny that the only bubble, because you're right, Italy's probably just hasn't had a bubble. Never, never. I don't really think the way about money the way the rest of the world thinks about money, right? It's not that same hustle and bustle. Maybe Milan is the only place in Italy where, like, people care about stuff. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, there is a startup community, but um, I, I think it's not easy to raise money there. For sure, it was impossible for me at the time. I didn't have the contacts. I didn't have the network. I didn't even know what raising money really meant. Um, and so while I was working at the law firm, I started my business working on it during the night. And within six, nine months, the business was highly profitable. And my co-founder and I were able to leave the law firm and start our own business. But for six to nine months, I was working at the law firm until 10 p.m. And then from 10 p.m. to 2, 3 a.m., I was working on my startup. And once we had, I think, 200, 300K in the bank that we made with revenue, that is when I left the law firm. And that is how I became an entrepreneur. And actually, my mom was against that. because she was saying, oh, you're doing so well in, in these great uh, law firms. No, you're on a great trajectory. That, that is a really dumb idea. Why would you take this risk? No, 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 no. But I did it. I love it. How did you meet uh, Patrick O'Shaughnessy? Um, we got introduced through Common Friends. And uh, he immediately loved the idea. And so he also became an investor. And then actually through Patrick, we got introduced to Valor Equity Partners and they led our last round. So uh, I owe Patrick quite a bit. Yeah. And with all that, he still can't send me a coupon. So I don't know what's going on with these O'Shaughnessy. (laughs) It's because they're Irish. That's like some kind of Irish guilt. Yes. That's a good investor. He won't even. He won't even help me. Uh, he won't even help me out. He wants me to pay oh. full price. Yeah, but he, uh, he, I get even. It's yeah. kind of like you know the Jewish person in me. We're going to get even with the O'Shaughnessy's. So, is it all e-commerce, or have you figured out a retail strategy? For now, it's all e-commerce. 
um, and it's working really well for us. We are really efficient, so we have great margins. We are growing really fast. And the idea is then to expand into other channels. We just launched the UK. We're going to launch Europe in November, and we are exploring some retail options. And did you have trouble sleeping, or you were just fascinated by the subject? I know you didn't want to sleep as much, but did you have trouble falling asleep? Not falling asleep. I'm really good at falling asleep, but I have restless legs. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's these sort of cramps that you have in your legs in the middle of the night. And so I need to get out of bed, walk a little bit for like a couple of minutes and then go back to bed. Mm -hmm. And this might not happen or it might happen once or twice per night. So that is pretty annoying. Um, And through the pod, I was able to reduce that meaningfully. And then I'm pretty obsessed, as you can imagine, on everything I can do to improve my sleep performance. And so um, I have other hacks to improve my sleep quality. And are you married with kids? I'm married, uh, no kids yet. And how is it different women and men? Do women and men have different sleep temperature needs? Or is it just... absolutely. Is every single human different? Every single human is different. But if you want to oversimplify, men and women are very, very different. That is why 50% of the couples, they fight around temperature and we are solving that problem. Then women, they also have problems when they get into menopause because they have hot flashes. And so at that point, they need a different temperature, even a bigger difference in terms of temperature during the night to compensate for the hot flashes. What's weird is I have hot flashes. Is there something, is there any kind of, (laughs) I have, I think they're all based around, no, I I seriously do, Knut. I have, you don't know the problems that I have. (laughs) Uh, Okay, Mateo is trying to take this seriously. I have hot flashes. And is there any kind of routine that is involved with, or you just say, come to bed, eight sleep will do the rest? Or is there, is there a whole kind of education around this? Yeah, so there are two ways right now we are helping you to sleep better. On one side, there is temperature, and temperature is the big elephant in the room uh, if you think about you know, factors that impact your sleep quality, and that is one. The other one are behavioral changes. So I can tell you that, for example, alcohol, has a major impact on your sleep quality, on your body temperature, and potentially also on your hot flashes. Caffeine (laughs) has an impact. Carbs has an impact. The time you eat at, well, the time you train at, everything has an impact on your sleep. And so we ask you for tags, or we are integrated with Apple Health, so we can pull the data for you, and again, come back to you and say, look, all the times that you have alcohol, your deep sleep decreases by 20%. Well, that's not my problem. I don't drink. I think so. So it's best not to eat like what? Seven o'clock maybe is the, is the best time. To, what is the best time to stop eating? Three, four hours before going to bed. Yeah. So that's a key one. I try and do that. I don't drink. That's the mystery for me. I just, mm-hmm. uh, but maybe it is my temperature. So I'm going to do the, the wrap because I love my mattress. And so how long will it take? Like, what, what, do I, what should I expect? I plug it in and I have to wait like six nights or it figures out my temperature or what, what should I expect? Yeah, so you install it. Uh, you will go through a quiz so we can identify what is a potential baseline. We will suggest you the first settings. Because again, the key here is your body temperature changes during the night. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is we just help your body to change its own temperature faster and better, Yep. right? So we are not reinventing the wheel. It's something that is already happening in your body. We just make it happen faster and better. That is why when you hear people saying, oh, you should sleep at 68 degree, 
That is wrong because 68 degrees might work for one hour out of eight, but not for the whole night. Temperature needs to change, and I can explain you how. But as soon as you fall asleep, the temperature should drop. It should be as low as possible while you are in deep sleep. In the second part of the night, while you get more REM and you prepare to wake up, temperature should rise again, which if you think is the same thing that would happen if you were sleeping outdoor, right? Because the temperature drops in the first part of the night, and then a couple of hours before the sunrise, it starts warming up again. It's the same first principle. Then going back to your question, what you do is we will suggest you temperature settings with different temperatures for the night. You try it. Usually will take around a week for the full calibration, somewhere between three and seven days. And you have three main options. One is manual. So you just set the temperature as you want it. Two is schedule. So you can schedule the temperature. The third is temperature autopilot. So through our machine learning and AI models, we look at your biometrics, your preferences, even the weather, and we keep adjusting temperature for you. It's a sort of set it and forget it. We will do everything for you to maximize your sleep as the conditions change. How does it know what I have on top of my body? Or do I, you know, so what, what affects is the type of comforter or whatever I have on top of my body too, no? Not much because, yeah, you have the bed sheet, but you're substantially in contact with our technology. The bed sheet, they don't really make any, any difference. And so the type of comforter you have has a very minimal impact. And then we also have temperature sensors. So we know the temperature in the bed. Got it. Um, and so if you have a heavier comforter, we would see it. And so what about if I'm a traveler? Is there something I can take on the road or it's just something you have to live without while you're on the road? Yeah, it's, it's another really good question. Let me tell you a funny story. Our aha moment, the biggest aha moment of our customers is the first time they travel. And the reason is you will get used to temperature control very quickly because it's very natural, right? It's something you already have in your car. It's something you already have in your home with your thermostat. So after three, four, five days, it, it will just become normal. The first time you travel and you sleep again in a, in a dumb piece of foam, you will hate that because that, that piece of foam is just getting warmer and warmer during the night because of your body heat dissipation. And so right now we don't have a portable device yet, but it's one of the most requested features from our customers because now a lot of them complain all the times that they travel. And what about guys like me in their 50s who have restless prostate who get up twice to go to the bathroom. Yeah, I mean, our data will, will see that and will adjust accordingly, both the data that we report in the morning and also the, the temperature adjustments. Well, amazing. Like, So it's eight hours of our life. We know so little about sleep is what I'd say. I'd say the drug companies have figured it out, and I'm one of the suckers. I don't know what it is. I, I You know, I, I look at it both ways. I'm sure I'm hurting myself. I'm, I'm hitting the age where I'm just mad at myself for being hooked on a drug. We've seen what it's done. Like we've seen, obviously, athletes who travel the world, tennis players, golfers, entrepreneurs. Um, Ambien is a crutch that I'm not proud about it. But in the end, it's a simple hack. We don't know the long-term effects. Um, where are you on the spectrum of that for the average person? Because you said the, the whole goal is to improve health. And, you know, the average person can't afford to think about this. Yeah. Can I say something you will not like? <laughs> so there is medical evidence that taking drugs like Ambien is not good. And outside the long-term effects, 
right? There are some studies about that. It's still, to a certain degree, debatable. But what is uh, proven is that uh, you fall asleep with these drugs, so you sleep, but the quality of your sleep is really poor. And so this has a major impact, in particular, on your deep sleep and REM. And again, there is medical evidence about that. And so I would call it almost a sort of fake sleep. Yeah, you are asleep for a certain period of time, but you are not getting the right percentages of deep and REM and all all the different sleep stages. So what a sleep is doing, and we have some data to support that, is we are helping you to improve your sleep performance. So we are enhancing your sleep, but in a very organic way, if you will, because we don't have to take anything, right? So there are no long-term negative effects. And this just helps your body to do better something that your body is already doing, which is changing its own temperature. And so is it simply in the United States or are you shipping it everywhere? We just launched UK and uh, Europe. And are your offices just in New York? So actually now we are, a, we are a fully remote company. We used to be in New York. Then our lease expired and we became a remote company. So right now I'm in Miami and we are really fully distributed um, and across the U.S., but now we are also hiring everywhere. Actually, we are in the final stage of discussion with, with a person in, in Africa um, as a web engineer. Oh, that's exciting. What has been the hardest part so far in doing this? Was it the raising the money? Was it in sourcing the product? What's been the hardest part? Yeah, let, let me tell you another funny story here uh, and that will answer to that, right? So we just graduated from Y Combinator in 2015. Mm-hmm. And we had to figure out uh, manufacturing because we sold close to 8,000 units in pre-orders. Wow. But we had no experience in manufacturing and things are not happening in China. So I go to my wife and I say, um, I have to go to China to help with manufacturing. And she says, oh, cool. When do you go? And my answer is tomorrow. I say, oh, okay. And when do you come back? And my answer was, I don't know, once I fix it. And so substantially, I moved to China for a couple of months uh, to find the suppliers and you know, to, to make sure that we could figure out manufacturing. And I came back um, only after that was fixed. And how is COVID then with the Chinese supply chain? Like, is there a rush to get out of China or how do you think about it post-COVID? Yeah, so we were lucky that we, we have our team there. And so the only problem for us is that no one from the U.S. could fly there, but we have been able to move everything forward. And so we were late with some units, but mainly because demand is too strong and we couldn't keep up uh, more than, than anything else. And so I would say so far, so good, given what is happening in, in the world with all the limitations of supply chain right now. And what's the goal? Is the goal to go public or, or where do you see the company in five years? Where do you see this evolving? I think we're really at 1% of our product roadmap, right? If we really want to compress sleep, if we really want to you know, scan your body and save your life, we have just proven product market fit. So if I had a magic stick and I could pick, I think that going public for a business like us would be the right thing. Um, Our financials are good. Our margins are good. So we have everything to get there. Uh, We just need to keep growing. And I think we have a a 10, 15 years horizon here to really develop the technologies that we envision. And what has been a hack 
Like, what has been the best marketing thing that you've done? The best hack is probably the tech community on Twitter. Um, I think we collected over 1,000 or 1,200 people just tweeting about us and raving about the product. And now a large portion of our revenue is just word of mouth. And that is the reason why, why we are growing so fast and so efficiently is because even if the price point of our product is meaningful, um, because it gets recommended, people just buy it. I'm blown away. I mean, elegant idea, clear thought, genius. I mean, this is what makes Y Combinator great. You hacked the American entrepreneur system with a great idea by calling on Y Combinator. You know, it's hard to be bearish when people from around the world have this much knowledge and can hack the system. Uh, obviously, you have the skills. It's not like Y Combinator is just going to take anybody, but having all these different ways to leverage a network and get a company launch is really fascinating because that's a really interesting Y Combinator story. Was it a hit at Y Combinator? So here is another funny story. So we applied three times to YC. We got rejected the first two times. And so the the story is this. So we we applied two times, we got rejected. And then at a certain point, I get connected with a partner who was just becoming a new partner. So I, I meet him. And it was after the crowdfunding campaign. So now we had traction. We had data to prove there was product market fit. And he says, oh, you should apply. And I say, no, I don't want to apply again. You know, we already got rejected twice. I don't want to do the work a third time to be rejected. And he says, no, 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 you have to do it. So I go back and, and I talk about that with my co-founders. And we say, should we do, should we not? And we say, we are going to do it, but we are going to spend only one hour on the application. No more. <laughs> before we were spending like days. Uh-huh. And so we apply and finally, we got admitted. We go through the program. And after the program, we raised $6 million in a matter of few days. And I think TechCrunch mentioned us as one of the hottest startups of the, of the batch. That, I just had a feeling that it wouldn't have been that simple because YC, you know, the world like simple, simple overnight success stories. And this was a lot of hard work, you know, yeah. and uh, this is really a healthcare business. Yes. And it's just the, the land and expand. There's this time to land is not easy. You can't just come in to healthcare and make it up. You really have to have the data and the results. This is an incredible story. Kudos to you. It's great to be connected. And I promise only to email you when I have uh, serious questions. So what has been the hardest part of this growth? Is it the customer support? What, what kind of stuff is um, the hardest part of this growth that you're experiencing? Yeah, I mean, we could probably talk for a couple of days <laughs> about the hardest part. Um, I would say um, hardware is hard right? Because of manufacturing, because of quality, because of logistic, because of supply chain. And for me, it was something completely new. I didn't know anything about hardware. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that has been a, a big challenge. Second, if you look at the past five years, when we started um, hardware companies, hardware startups you now were really hot. Yep. And then there was a time where no investor wanted to touch hardware. And that has been hard for us because it was hard to raise money at a certain point. And then hopefully we have reached a point, an inflection point, still early in the long-term journey, but where then we were able to raise money again because we had enough evidence. 
But that time was tough because there were a lot of hardware companies going out of business. And so no investors wanted to invest. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'll give you some feedback. Um, is there uh, anything that I've missed that you wanted to get across to uh, my listeners? No, I think we cover everything. Again, sleep is fitness. So you need to put the effort, you need to put the hour um, and is a fundamental piece of your health, right? Your health is based on uh, uh, nutrition, on fitness and sleep. And actually sleep is the real foundational piece because if you sleep two hours per night, there is no fitness, there is no nutrition. They're both heavily impacted by sleep. So put the effort, try to sleep seven to nine hours every single day. You will see the benefits in your health and in your longevity. Matteo, this has been a treat. Thanks for taking the time out. Um, full respect, and I'm excited to try and uh, send you some customers. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks, Matteo. Cheers. Italy, New York, Miami. What a cool cat. Yeah. He went to England as I would say a grown up to learn English. His yeah. English is Italy impeccable. is so fucking backwards, which is the charm to me. Right. Because the only place that I can escape being a lunatic and be accepted as the guy that I really like to be, Italy is where I'm my best self because I don't drink and they don't care in Italy even though it's a drinking place, right? And I don't even really love coffee, but I love, you know, me because I struggle sleep and I love the effect of a one euro espresso while I'm sweating on it. <laughs> right. Everything about Italy rings true to me. And then you go there and you have Ferrari, you have now Aitza, but you have Luxottica, you have B&B Italia, you have the fashion companies, you, you have the food, the best of the oh, best. Yeah, but yeah. like 99% of people are like, fuck it. Yeah. Roads suck, cars suck. You know, the road, everything's narrow. Things haven't changed. The government's a mess. The banking system's a mess. Oh, yeah. But uh, I think there's some of the nicest Europeans you'll find. It's the best. I know. I really, I really like it's going the best. Italy. Time stands still. And yep. so he escaped. And as many great Italian entrepreneurs, I think there's something huge here. I like the way he framed this. You know, right. to, we've, we've heard in the last few weeks the GDP of uh, the internet of the, of the country. And, you know, to hear him think about this eight, to frame it like eight hours is pretty genius. Right. You can do a lot once you've, you've solved the problem. So uh, congrats to uh, Matteo. Uh, you are listening to Panic with Friends. We talk to whatever the hell I feel like. But generally, I am fascinated by things that other people seem fascinated by. And I'm trying to uh, peer uh, incrementally into the future. Don't try and live six years in the future. Uh, you only have to be a few hours, a few weeks, a few months ahead to uh, see around corners. And um, if you uh, want to go into the archives, just search my name, Howard Lindzen. Go to Spotify, Apple, or my YouTube channel. Click subscribe. And once a week on Thursday, you will get an alert. Thanks, Canute. Thanks, Stock Twits. See everybody next week. Howard Lindzen is the founder and general partner at Social Leverage. All opinions expressed by Howard and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of Social Leverage or Stock Twits. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for decisions. Guests may maintain positions and securities discussed in this podcast.